Hello, this is Kenya Podcast Preacher, and I'm going to welcome you back to Deep Water. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is Supplemental Sex, or It's Not Just Sex. This is a multi-episode series in which this is episode two of seven. My life currently represents 60 years and six months as of the writing of this message. I rolled past 60 just about six months ago. Just a small fraction of a fraction. But in that small fraction, I have seen the lost world take private sexual matters and make them more and more public. So much so that now everything sexual is being accepted as okay. All the boundaries have been removed. It is thoroughly ingrained in the American culture. So much so that if all things were corrected insofar as sex and intimacy, we would not recognize this planet. Trillions of dollars would be lost at the drop of a hat as the sexual industry goes up in smoke. Yes, I am in another one of my dream worlds where such a thing could even be possible on this earth. Now, in my reality world, I'm not stupid. Sex is more powerful than power, than even political power, than even money itself. Yes, each is intertwined with one another, so much so that, wait, just how many times must I say so much so? Anyway, Intertwined so much so that it is difficult to tell who is zooming who. Sex, power, money, power, money, sex. Yes, I say and listen well. As I say it, this is just one side of the equation. You see, and it is this other side that is taught in most churches most of the time, if not all of the time. And that side is the kingdom side. Let's look. Sex, Song of Solomon 1 through 8. Money, Ecclesiastes 10:19. Joshua 1.8 and 2 Corinthians 8.9 Power, Matthew 20.25.28 Now I didn't read those scriptures in totality because I want to remain focused. I tell you that there are so many more scriptures that deal with each category, but so as not to get too far off track, I limited to those I have included and didn't paste those contents of them in this message. You can look them up later so as to stay hitched to this wagon train. In the future, God willing, I will do a message on wealth, greed, and poverty, which will hopefully encourage you to shut up about having to tithe and offer to your local church work. I don't do it because you struggle in the money category and you're ignorant about what the Bible has to say about money. BTW, not BLT, do you know that many of us Christians are more inclined to see and handle money the devil's way more than we are to see and handle money God's way? Anyway, many of you who have money but can't let it go, struggle not with wealth, but with poverty. Don't worry, just like sex, there is a spirit behind your thinking regarding both of these, and it can be cast out of your thoughts. 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 5. Paul addressed some sexual perversions in the newly converted Corinthian church, whereby some old man, not the new man, but the old man habits carried over into the new life. Now it is interesting to note that along with dealing with their, hmm, let's see how Paul defined it in 2 Corinthians, uncleanness, fornication, and lewdness, which they had practiced. So you see, they were actually practicing, yes, practicing these things, bringing those habits into their new life. Now for me, now for me, before we scripture surf to Corinthian scripture, I want to point out some of the other scriptures that are very powerful stories and very helpful. Thank you, Paul, and the Corinthian church. 
No, but wait, I won't do it. I will just highlight some that are related to Paul's dealing with their nasty sexual practices. 1 Corinthians 5.9 I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Try not to take this out of context. There is more to that story, but I just wanted you to know that Paul was dealing with a sex issue. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Oh boy, this is going to get messy, but I'm in it now. So the term sodomites has always intrigued me as to what it actually meant. That's right, I didn't know what it meant. But because I was a lazy reader initially, I attributed it to homosexuality alone. But now you say then, why did Paul use two different words to say the same thing? God is not the author of confusion. So he wouldn't have used two different words to have the same meaning, right? 1 Corinthians 14.33 Is it strange that the confusion scripture is found in Corinthians? Decom coming up. Sodomy. Anal or oral copulation with a person of a different sex. Copulation with a person of the same sex. Bestiality. And yes, I'm sure you saw it. The copulation meaning having sex, is found in two separate parts of this definition, that of different sex and one of the same sex, which not only includes homosexuality, but also lesbianism. So it includes a broader definition. Nonetheless, is not what I want to focus on. And bestiality is having sex with animals, or I could guess anything that is living but not human. Don't faint, I won't go into great detail about how prevalent this activity is, but I will say it happens way more than you think. And for the Corinthian church, Paul was addressing it, which meant it was happening. Is it any wonder why we need to be retrained, coming out of such a polluted world? Before we move on, yes, I have learned something new that I had not been taught in church. In fact, because I was ignorant when I was in church, I was taught the opposite of what Paul was teaching. And did I not already say that the devil rushes in and will teach you whatever you want to hear to fill your gap of ignorance? with lies and untruths? 2 Corinthians 12, 21 Least when I come again, my God will humble me among you, and I shall mourn for many days who have sinned before and have not repented of the uncleanness, fornication, and lewdness which they have practiced. So as stated above, Paul was not addressing some old sexual practices that the culture of the day had practiced. Now, of course, it sounds weird saying the culture of the day, as we are in all likelihood, a thousand times worse than they ever were. The babies that we kill each year because they were, that is, most of them, conceived from willful fornication practices, perpetuated and encouraged right here in America. Yes, in your own hometown, fornication is being marketed as free-for-all and all-for-free. You see, in the Song of Solomon, I saw a trigger that awakens the appetite for sex. And if it switched on before you are married, you will, no, you are destined for sexual sin. Song 2-7 I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or by the does of the field. Do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. Song 3-5 I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or by the does of the field. Do 
Do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. Yes, he repeated it. And in Song 8-4, I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. You're once, twice, three times a lady. <laughs> Thanks, Lionel Richie, but not now. Definitely not now. In my mind, this, that is sexual appetite, is like a switch, like a dimmer switch, you see. Only sex or masturbation can dim the appetite for intimacy. But unfortunately, it sets on auto, whereby each day that passes without one of those two things happening leads to the same place. And if the dimmer switch is allowed to continue unchecked, that is to continue to raise a level of frustration in someone, usually men more than women, they can be led. Now remember, we are fighting a spiritual war. So there is a supernatural power in sex to commit sexual sin against kids, other women, men, animals, even their own wife or husband. Well, Ken, you just solved in one paragraph what the sexual psychologists have not been able to solve in the entire history of that practice. Hmm. Yes and no. And no. The root is described by none other than Paul, who wrote the solution in the Bible, which, if you had to guess what crowd he was talking to, it would probably be the Corinthians, right? 1 Corinthians 7, 5, 6. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time, that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again, so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. But I say this as a concession, not as a commandment. What? Did he just solve what the sexual psychologist could not solve? Well, we both did and didn't. You see and know that all scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit, 2 Timothy 3:16. So all of the credit for solving our sexual misgivings has to go to him. Remember I told you that there is something supernatural about sex. Yes, you do. So if we have sex as a married couple, are we not engaged in a war? Yes, we are. It's just that this type of battle doesn't feel like we are in a war, if you know what I mean. But oh, neglect this responsibility, not as a command, as Paul would say, but as a responsibility, and you will have to deal with the temptation sent by the devil. And boy, he does know how to turn the dimmer switch up in each of our lives. Well, that's it for today. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regard to these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together, we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of light to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.